0: Well, good morning. Good morning. <coughs> Hope everyone's doing well. Um, my name's Kyle, if you don't know me. I am the, uh, I'm the student minister here at Shiloh Road, and if we haven't met, that's not uncommon um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I see faces every day that I don't know. I almost fell right then, <laughs> right at the start. That would have been quite the introduction. Um uh, the other, <laughs> say again, we would you yes, you, yeah, yeah, unforgettable. Um, the other reason that you might not know me is, uh, because I, uh, it's summer and I'm constantly gone. Um, and so if you haven't met me, um, it's nice to meet you, um, come by sometime, shake my hand and, and let's get to know each other. Um, so speaking of being gone quite a bit, um, this summer, we've done some pretty impressive things as a youth group, um, some things that I'm proud of our kids for doing. We've been um, down to the Gulf Coast, um, and we've helped rehabilitate some homes that were affected during Hurricane Harvey. Um, we've come back here, and we've helped uh, with, with underprivileged people, um, helping them in, in their homes, helping um, the Salvation Army with their needs as well. Um, here. Our, our middle schoolers did that. Um, we've also um, been to Colorado for a, a backpacking um, church camp, uh, kind of a, I don't even know really how to tell you about Wilderness Trek. Um, if you haven't been, um, this was the year to miss because it was tough. It was really hard, um, and I used to work there. So um, I know a hard mountain, and it was, it was very difficult. But we had some kids who, uh, who truly encountered Christ on that trip. Um, and we came back here, and we did some more things. And, and we just ended um, our summer last week, um, our trips for the summer last week um, at church camp. And at church camp, we talked about uh, a theme of imagine. And it came from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, where Paul is praying, and, and he's saying, um, God can do something more than you can even think to ask. He can do more than you can even imagine He can do. And so that was our theme, and that's what we talked about all week. And as we went through, um, as we went through that theme, one of the things that we talked about uh, every night, we talked about different encounters that Jesus had with His apostles. And it was my job to talk about Philip. And as I talked about Philip, and as I researched Philip, and I looked into him more, Philip the Apostle is not mentioned a whole lot in the Bible. But what we do know about Philip mainly comes from the Gospel of John, and it comes from three different stories. And so we'll be looking at those here today. And we're going to learn a little bit from Philip's life, and what maybe God wants to be doing in our lives what we can learn from Philip. The first thing I want to talk to you about, though, is, uh, is this guy, who you might know. And the man there on the, on the left. Um, I don't know, if, is anybody familiar with what this is, this skit? Yeah, raise your hand. Okay, good. Um, this, is, um, this is from Saturday Night Live. And the guy right there on the left, his uh, real name is Chris Farley, but the character's name is Matt Foley. Matt Foley is a motivational speaker. Those kids look motivated, don't they? <laughs> um, and uh, Matt Foley, uh, he ha- he's down on his luck. Um, he's 35, he's divorced, and he lives in a van down by the river. Um, and he wants to motivate these kids. And the thing that makes Matt Foley and his character, he comes back Saturday Night Live over and over. You know how they do that with their characters. The thing that makes him so funny is his passion. His drive and how he he just gets all wrapped up and you know, he gets crazy and and as he goes through his motivational speech, it gets pretty funny because of how much passion he has. You see the truth about passion, we we love passionate people. But passion passion fades. As we go through life, the, the things that we do with such passion at the beginning, those things fade out. And part of the reason that I, that I titled this sermon, Sparkle and Fade, is because in the beginning, whenever we first have that passion, it's like, a, it's like a sparkle. It's like a firework that goes off. And we do it with such enthusiasm and passion and desire and drive. And then it slowly fades off, like a firework turning to ash and falling to the ground. See, passion is, is something that, that over time, it fades. And we see this in Philip's life, and we're able to relate. So Philip, um, it starts out um, in, in John chapter 3, um, and we can, I'm sorry, I said John chapter 3, and I meant John chapter 2. Um, and you guys can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Um, John uh, is uh, an interesting book. It's the f- fourth book um, of the New Testament. John chapter, man, I got it really wrong. John chapter one, right at the very end, verse forty-three. And um, John's a, the fourth book of the New Testament. If you're if you're a visitor and and you're new to all this. Um, you know, you can you feel free to turn there in your Bible if you have one. If you don't, we'll have all these verses up on the screen. But, but John is an interesting book because it's written um, by an interesting guy. You see, John, as, as we know about him and have learned about him, we've learned that at the time that he is, is with Jesus, he's probably just a preteen. Uh, he maybe is 12, 13, 14 years old at the time that he's walking the earth with Jesus. And so a lot of the perspectives that he has are very interesting as he reflects back on what he did with Jesus and the time he spent with Jesus. And so this interaction that we're going to read, he actually wasn't here, but I'm sure that he heard stories about it. So as he related it here in the gospel, we'll read about it together. It says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, what comes next? Um, we read it and we're like, Okay, that's kind of a weird thing for, for John to include. But again, we have to remember he's a preteen. And so John includes a lot of things in his Gospels that are like anecdotal. Like they don't really pertain, I mean they don't matter to the story, but, but it, they're kind of neat, I guess. And, and as a preteen, this is something that you're definitely going to include because this is probably top three worst burns you know we're slams in the bible <clears throat> okay this this one that we're about to read here is the equivalent of, of somebody being like a and m can a smart person come from a and m you know and so nathaniel john includes this little quip from nathaniel nazareth what good can come from there nathaniel asked come and see said Philip. Philip starts with a sparkle. He starts with passion. He is so enthusiastic and so passionate about the man, Jesus, that he's met. He is so sure that this is the one that Jesus and the prophets have talked that Jesus, that Moses and the prophets have talked about. He's so sure of it that he goes over to find his friend Nathaniel, and he grabs Nathaniel. and he says, like, come on, let's go. This is him. I know it. But we fast forward a little bit in the Gospel of John to the feeding of the 5,000. And I believe that, uh, like a lot of scholars, that Jesus intended for Philip to be the person that Peter was. And so over and over, we're, uh, we see that, that Philip, it seems like he has an opportunity to step up. Like Jesus specifically calls him to step forward and be the leader. And he doesn't do it. So in the feeding, story of the feeding of the 5,000, it says, When Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. Let's not get hung up on that word, to test. A lot of people get hung up on the idea that God tests us. Think of the word test not as like a grading, like he's trying to grade out Philip's faith, but more like an opportunity. He wants to provide Philip with an opportunity to show his faith. For he already had in mind what he was going to do, and Philip answered him saying, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. God, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He just wanted to give Philip an opportunity to step out in faith, to have mustard seed faith, to believe that Jesus could do something unimaginable, Ended up being another apostle that brings a small boy forward with a little basket of some kind of a meal. I don't know, fish and bread is not exactly my idea of lunch. I don't know, um, maybe I'm crazy or just not Jewish. But he, somebody else, brings this kid forward for Jesus to work this miracle. You know, in all actuality, I believe that this was, this was Philip's miracle to perform. This was, this was Philip, this was his opportunity to step forward and say, I know what we can do. If we can find just, just a little bit, if we can find just a little bit of food, you can do something with it, Jesus. Or maybe it was Philip's opportunity to say, to say God... I, Lord, just turn the rocks into bread. Pray and it'll happen. But what we see instead is we see an apostle whose whose passion, whose sparkle has started to fade. He immediately goes to the logical. He immediately goes to the mundane and starts to talk about money. In the crowd, how big it is, and instead of seeing his opportunity to introduce a miracle, instead of seeing his opportunity to have another sparkling event in his life, he continues to fade. Then we get to the last scene where Philip and uh, and the apostles are with Jesus as they are having dinner together, the Last Supper. and they're all reclining together they're taking their time they really don't know why jesus does weird stuff like get up and wash their feet and then then something interesting starts to happen jesus starts to talk about how he is the way to the father how He's the truth, and He's the life. And as we go through this story, um, we see we see P, uh, we see Philip take his last kind of. We see him take his last moment, his last time to sparkle at least the ones that are recorded. And we see the fade finally happen. It's like the curtain comes down for Philip. So this is what it says. Philip says to the Lord, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. <laughs> He's been with Christ for three years of his life. And he looks at Jesus, and he asks Jesus, Show us the Father. You see, what... what. <laughs> What Philip is experiencing is something that we all experience, don't we? Our passion fades over time for all different kinds of things, and sometimes it's renewed, and sometimes it's replenished, and, and we gain passion for that thing again, but then, you know, it fades back out, and, and we stop doing those things, and, and you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about working out, <laughs> right? New Year's. Let's do this. New Year's Day plus three. Oh my goodness. New Year's Day plus seven. I don't remember making that resolution to work out more. Do you guys, did I say that? That doesn't sound like something I would say, you know. Um, And the treadmill has already started to gather dust and all those things. You see, this is actually um, in in psychology um, something that they call sliding versus deciding. And it's a concept in psychology that they talk about. um, Whenever we make big decisions in our lives, those generally come not from sliding into those decisions, but rather from deciding that we will make those decisions. You see, sliding into things is what happens whenever we get to a place where we eventually wake up one day and we say, how did I get here? We slide into those places. Generally, they're negative. Generally, they're a place where we don't want to be. But the decisions, the deciding side of things are things that we want to do, things that we're passionate about, things that we enjoy, things that we want to have for a lifetime. How many of you men slid into the decision of asking your wife to marry you? Did anybody just wake up one day and you're like, whoa, what's this ring in my pocket? (laughs) You know? I didn't. (laughs) You know? How many of you guys just like found yourself in front of her on one knee? You know? Will you marry me? I don't know why I just asked that. You know, like, no, we don't, that's not how it happens, is it, guys? That's not how it happens. Women, we don't we don't just slide into the whole having babies thing, do we? We? What? No. You don't just wake up one morning in a hospital bed like, oh, how did I get like this? What happened? You know? "Ah!" That doesn't happen. You know. You make the decision. To have that child. I mean it's gonna happen anyway, but you you decide when you're going when this is going to happen. We are going to do this, we are going to have children. How many of you guys slid into your faith, into your baptism? You see, we come to these things and we decide. But the truth is, a lot of times we slide more than we decide, don't we? And Philip, what we're seeing is Philip sliding. We're seeing him fading, just like we do all the time. We see Philip sliding and fading, just like we do all the time. So what's the lesson that we can learn from Philip? Because isn't that what we want to do? I mean, don't we want to, we see somebody in this situation, and, and it's like, you know, like when we're going to the movies, and we see somebody who continues to slide and slide and slide, and we're rooting for them, and we're like, no, you know, make, do the right thing. Make the decision to be the right person. Philip does, eventually. We don't really know much about his life after this last interaction with Jesus that we'll finish. But we do know that he goes on to do some pretty amazing things from some writers who wrote after the New Testament was made. Some early church fathers write about what Philip has done. But this interaction that he has with Jesus, I think, can speak to all of us. So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority whether it's the Father living in me who is doing his work, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me or at at least believe on the evidence of the works, the miracles themselves. He goes on and Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is Philip's last... His last charge, his last opportunity, the last time that Jesus is going to test him. It's the last time that he sets Philip up to do the sparkle rather than the fade. He tells Philip, you, Philip even though you faded for a long time, even, even though it seems like, like your faith is gone, even, even though you're in a place right now where, where you don't even believe in me, you just you want me to show you the Father, and it, it's, like, it's like I'm not even here. But Philip, even though you're in that place, even though you're in that place, Philip, Philip, you can do amazing things the miracles you've seen me do, you can do even more than that. Philip, you just need a mustard seed of faith. You you just need that little bit of passion that you had at the beginning. Because God, God through me, He can do the unimaginable Philip. Philip, I don't know where you are. I don't know how long maybe you've been sliding. I don't. I don't know if 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 you are if you're sparkling right now or if you're fading, and, and I don't know where you are on, on the Philip scale of faith. But I want you to hear what Jesus says to Philip today. You can do. You can do the unimaginable. Rather, God can do the unimaginable through you. As I was preparing for this lesson, I uh, I stumbled onto a uh, onto a foundation um, in in their website called the Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. And that sounds really weird. Um, And so, of course, I was like, click. (laughs) Yes, I want to know more. And so I watched this video that that I've edited some just to make it a little more appropriate for what we're talking about, but also um, for time. And and so I want to show it to you today, and I want you to think about this story in terms of sparkling and fading. Um, Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, year to date, has raised over one hundred and fifty million dollars for childhood cancer. They've founded more than a thousand studies. That's what they do. They sponsor studies, research projects, to find cures for childhood cancer. God has put something on your heart. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what your lemonade stand idea is. But I know that somewhere, maybe right on the surface, but maybe it's deep, deep down, God has put an idea and a thought in your heart. Something that you're passionate about, that your talent's drive you towards and he calls on you to just act just have a mustard seed of faith, just make one small step and then let him do the unimaginable with it because the thing is can you imagine What he can do. I can't. I know that God can do more than I can ever ask or imagine. I know that what he needs is just a little bit of faith coupled with a little bit of action, and he can do the unimaginable. You see, as our passion starts to fade, so do our ideas about what God would have us do as we start to go from that sparkling event towards ashes of faith, that idea fades along with it. And so today, what I would have you do is to shake off the dust, to wake that passion back up, to start to imagine what He could do with your little act of faith. With your lemonade stand idea. Because he can do more than you can possibly dream. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the times where we, we get to see passion. We get to see drive. Father, we thank you for the times where we get to see people's faith sparkle in amazing ways. We get, we get to see things like Alex start up a, a small little nothing of a lemonade stand just because she wants to benefit other people. Father, reignite that passion inside of us. Father, I pray for the Spirit to move and to work in these people, in this place. Father, that you would invade our lives, that you would light us back on fire. Father, that you would help us begin to believe in the idea that you have put before us, the desire that you have put inside of us, Father, I just pray that your spirit would make this place a place where miracles happen. A place where the unimaginable happens every day. Father, help us to be your people. Father, help us to be like your son. Help us to have faith. Faith that can move mountains and that can do the unimaginable. It's in your Son's name that we pray, knowing you will do these things. Amen. We'll have elders and ministers around the back of the auditorium. If you feel like you need prayer, if there's something that you feel like we can do for you, please, 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 go see one of those gentlemen that are at the back of the auditorium during this next song that we sing. Also, if you feel like you need more time, with one of our elders. You can do that if you go through the back doors to our library. You go through the library. There's a room there, and it's set up specifically for you to spend an extended amount of time with our elders if you'd like to do that. Thank you all so much, and I pray that God will begin to move and ignite your passion. Let's stand and sing.